the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sorry, I was uh, headbanging in the studio and getting a little t- into that song. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer here comes. Anyway, Judas Priest, Free Will Burning from the uh, first track off the Defenders of the Faith album. We've got a fantastic show for you tonight. Boy, I'm done dying to go to a concert. I just want to go and just rock out for a couple of hours and listen to the music and, and just forget about all uh, all your problems, right? Concerts kind of, at least for me, if I have issues, if there's things going on in my life, um, you get to a concert, you're hanging with your friends, you're having a good time, and then all of a sudden the music comes on and boom, you know, everything else gets put aside for a couple of hours while the music is playing. Listen, we got a great show for you tonight. News and notes to get to. Got a great guest coming on uh, as well in about 20 minutes. But first, how can you follow me? Very easy. On Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo. G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Email at albertgnnycradio.com. We're on iTunes as well. You just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. Uh, Alexa Ready, we're on uh, odyssey.com. Although, I have to say, I'm not crazy about the Odyssey app. Um, I love it because I can listen to mech games, but um, it runs in the background constantly. It's annoying, and it has put a little bit of a drain on my battery on my phone, so I had to delete the app. So I think next time you know, there's a Met Day game, I'll download the app, I'll listen to the game, and then I'll get rid of the app. It's kind of annoying. Uh, Hopped Up Network as well. You just head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast version of this show Monday mornings before 6 a.m. It's usually a couple of minutes after the show. I put the entire show up. And you can listen to it whenever you feel like it. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Christo Brock. He is the producer-director of a new documentary. It's called Brumance. It is out now anywhere you can get video on demand, on iTunes, on your cable system. Uh, great documentary about uh, our love of beer, obviously. Uh, and two brewers in Long Beach, uh, California, um, who have uh, sort of different journeys in getting to opening uh, a brewery, especially uh, during a pandemic. So you definitely want to check out the interview, and that's coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Our friends from Dogfish Head, and I got a chance to, to try this back in January and was very excited to be able to... Actually, no, it wasn't January. What am I talking about? I was at my old house. So this was October. This was like October. Yes, it was October when I got to try this, and now they have finally released it. It was supposed to be released around the Super Bowl, but I guess they decided against it, and they were waiting for the summer months. But Dogfish Head has released its first non-alcoholic wheat brew. It's called Lemon Quest. Um, And also, 
they're making a $52,500 contribution to the Nature Conservancy. So this is a non-alcoholic wheat brew. It is fantastic. Uh, brewed with real lemon puree, blueberry juice, uh, acai berries, monk fruit, sea salt, and uh, special hopsteiner um, polyphenol rich hop pellets. It is 90 calories per 12-ounce can. It's a fantastic beer that's not beer. I mean, it's non-alcoholic. It's not going to get you drunk. But it is definitely, um, think sequench, but in a little bit of a different direction. That's how I would describe it. And again, there's no alcohol in it, which is fantastic. Um, it's a great beer. I had it. I am definitely interested in, in picking up a six-pack of this. Say it's the summertime and I'm at a barbecue and I really don't feel like banging a few back. This is the perfect beer to have if you don't want to have a beer. If you're looking for something soury, tart, uh, kind of um, you know, refreshing, this is definitely it. This is something I would put in my cooler if I was sitting waiting for a concert and if I wanted to have something, if I, just as a change of pace, like I've already had a beer or two, maybe I just wanted to have something that's non-alcoholic to kind of, you know, still, you know, like I'm drinking with my friends, but have have that. It's a refreshing beer. It's fantastic. Um, all you have to do to learn about the uh, conserv- the nature conservancy uh, that Dogfish Shed is taking part in, dogfish.com slash mother nature to learn about that. And of course, to learn about Dogfish Head's Lemon Quest uh, just head over to dogfish.com. It's a great, great non-alcoholic beer. I absolutely highly recommend it. Our friends at Lukey Brewery uh, is kicking off the uh, 24th Annual American Homebrewers Association Big Brew on Saturday, May 1st. This is something that takes place, uh, you know, in honor of National Homebrew Day on May 7th. Uh, Big Brew, of course, an around-the-world celebration for homebrewers. So the homebrewing contest uh, that Lukey Brewing is doing involves picking up samples of wort on May 1st and providing the finished beer for judging by May 29th. One lucky winner will have their batch of beer brewed at scale and released during Lukey's one-year anniversary in July. Uh, May 1st to May 29th, not a lot you can make there. I mean, you're not going to make a lager or a pilsner, but you're going to make something fairly quick. It's probably going to be an IPA-based. Um, lo- uh, for Lukey Brewery, co-founders Cammie and Jeff Smith said this competition pays homage to their early days of home brewing before they opened their brewery uh, last July. So Lukey is going to brew on May 1st a malt bill that will be released to the public. From there, homebrewers will have the opportunity to receive a sample, five gallons of the wort, prior to boil to bring home and create a finished beer. They can sour it, age it in oak, add some lactose. This will be an instance where homebrewers can let their imaginations run wild. And as Jeff Smith, uh, the co-owner, says, with the competition, we really want to see what homebrewers can do outside of the typical popular hops. We want them to challenge the whole Lukey team and the winning homebrew team to take the artisanal qualities of a five-gallon batch and work to develop a 217-gallon version. Now, entries cost $15. Homebrewers can register on Lukey Brewery's, uh, Brewery's website. Um, and finished beers need to be dropped off at the brewery between May 23rd and 29th so they can be submitted for judging in early June. The commercial release of the winning beer will be available in early July, just in time for Lukey's one-year anniversary. A dollar of every pint sold will also be donated to the winner's charity of choice. So you're getting to give back as well. Very, very cool. So uh, good things from uh, Lukey Brewery uh, coming up uh, next month and, indeed, going into the summertime. And our friends from Indeed Brewing adding their first hazy IPA to their portfolio of beer. Aqua Fuzz Hazy IPA will be available uh, in its Twin City self-distribution beginning April 26th, and it'll be in broader distribution across Wisconsin, North Dakota, and Minnesota in May. Uh, it is a hazy IPA that has Pilsner, Pale Ale, White Wheat, Flaked Wheat, 
barley and oats for the malt. The hops are Galaxy, Strata, Cascade, Mosaic, and HBC 586. Uh, it is clocking in at a 7.2% ABV. The IBU is 40. Uh, so it, uh, they're saying it's tropical citrus, bits of mango and lychee fruit, the taste of low bitterness, mango, guava, and hints of passion fruit, soft and pillowy with a, de- a delicate finish on the mouthfeel. So uh, kudos to the folks from Indeed Brewing. We're supposed to be getting some samples of that. And I believe we're going to be talking to Ryan Bandy, uh, the sales director, uh, coming up for next week's program to talk more about this beer and uh, some of the other things that Indeed Brewing uh, is indeed doing. So very cool there. Uh, Craft and Carry. Now, if you're in New York, you know about this place. I have not yet been to this bottle shop, and I really need to get there. Now that things are easing up a little bit with the pandemic, I'd like to get over to this place. But Craft and Carry, uh, which is a bottle shop, tap room, and craft beer curator, uh, proud to announce the opening of its sixth location, and they're first on the Upper West Side, uh, in keeping with the brand's attitude and aesthetic for beer lovers and not snobs. This location uh, is positioned to offer an array of local, hyper-local, and independent craft beers to a new West Side audience. It's located on Amsterdam Avenue between 82nd and 83rd Street. Uh, the new West Side location, an all-rustic, comfortable aesthetic, tin tiles, vintage fixtures, reclaimed pine accents, uh, on-site crowlers uh, for purchase, as well as growler refills, and a regular rotating draft selection. An on-site vintage arcade game is free to enjoy while sampling new beers. Uh, and in celebration of the grand opening, Craft & Carry has partnered with Finback Brewing uh, to launch a springtime-exclusive IPA available only at Craft & Carry shops. It's called Slice of Sunset. It's a 6.5% IPA, uh, IPA, excuse me, richly flavored with blood orange and guava, then dry hopped with citra, mosaic, and Simcoe hops for a smooth, refreshing feel. Uh, we wanted to make a springtime IPA that you could really all that you could enjoy all day, especially outside. Because let's be honest, we could all use a beer right now. That's Dieter Seelig. He is the owner of Craft and Carry, and it marks the second brewery collaboration for the brand. So, kudos to Craft uh, and Carry for opening up their sixth location. Listen, I- I'll tell you right now, it is not easy opening up a business uh, in a pandemic. And something I wanted to mention before we go to break. So, uh, kudos to Craft and Carry. Uh, much success with their new location on the Upper West Side. But real quick, um, I had a nice conversation with um, Tim Hewitt from Wet Ticket uh, the other day. They released their Hefeweizen in cans, which I'm excited about. Uh, and I, I'm probably going to delve into this more in our next segment here. But restaurant owners and bars are having problems staffing people. And why? Because the people that were on unemployment that are getting the extra payments, it's not worth it for them to go back to work. They make more money sitting home making unemployment. But the caveat to this, and I, again, we'll talk about this uh, in the next segment, is that you have to pay tax on that money. It's not free money. And if you're not getting federal tax taken out, you're going to have a big bill come next year. So, it, you know, it's it's a bigger problem now. Why aren't restaurants staff? Why am I waiting so long? Part of it is due to capacity in New York and New Jersey. But the other part of it is they can't find people to work. That's a big problem. It's a big problem and something that needs to be corrected very soon. What the answer is, I don't know. When we come back after a short break, more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. How can you follow me? Well, very simply, uh, at uh, Twitter, on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. I don't know why the dramatic pause there before saying that. Very William Shatner-esque. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email. And Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Uh, we're on iTunes as well. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. Uh, Alexa Ready as well. We're on Odyssey.com uh, as well as the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the Hopped Up Network. Uh, Monday mornings before 6 a.m. And you can listen to the podcast version of this particular show. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Christo Brock. He is the producer and director of a new documentary called Brumance. It's out now anywhere you can get video on demand. A fun interview that I did with uh, Christo. And you definitely want to check out the documentary. It is definitely uh, worth it. Let's dive into uh, some more news and notes. Lots of things going on. The Colorado Liquid Arts, it's a collective that includes the Colorado Association for Viticulture and Enology, uh, the Colorado Brewers Guild, the Colorado Ciders Guild, and the Colorado Distilleries Guild, proud to announce the launch of the Liquid Arts Passport. It is a statewide digital passport that will allow you to enjoy discounted beverages, tastings, merchandise, and other offers from Colorado breweries, wineries, cideries, and distilleries. Uh, Shawnee Adelson, the executive director of the Colorado Brewers Guild, said we hope that the Colorado Liquid Arts Passport will provide a sense of normalcy as we safely transition into new phases of reopening as restrictions loosen. I can't think of a better way to explore the state of Colorado than by experiencing our incredible collection of liquid arts. So passport holders can choose from a 5- or 90-day pass from four scenic regions, Denver and cities of the Rockies, mountains and mesas, Pikes Peak Wonders and Rockies Playground with discounts valued of up to $300. You can experience what the Colorado Liquid Arts have to offer paired with mountain backdrops, city skylines, and Colorado sunshine. That's very cool. You can purchase these passes at taste.coliquidarts.org. Passes will be delivered via text and email. No app downloaded needed. Very, very cool. So uh, you get some discounts and you get to explore a lot of what Colorado has to offer. Now, restaurants, bars, and food carts will soon be able to sign up for additional pandemic relief under a federal program that is aimed to keep hard-hit small businesses afloat. The U.S. Small Business Administration announced uh, last week that the $28.6 billion restaurant revitalization fund will allow establishments to apply for up to $10 million in cash per business. That includes up to $5 million per location. With the launch of the restaurant revitalization fund, we're prioritizing funding to the hardest-hit small businesses, irreplaceable gathering places in our neighborhoods and communities that need a lifeline now to get back on their feet. The federal agency's administrator, Isabella Casillas-Guzman, said in a statement, under the newly announced guidelines, a slew of businesses types are eligible. Restaurants, food carts, and trucks, caterers, bars, bakeries, breweries, and wineries. The fund is the latest round of COVID relief passed under the American Rescue Plan. So this is nationwide that you can apply for this and get yourself um, a, uh, a a grant uh, that you will get uh, for your business. Um, this, is, uh, this is very good. This is good news for a lot of uh, restaurants, bars, breweries, places all over the country that are in need that maybe they couldn't open because of the pandemic. Um, maybe they've opened at a smaller capacity and they're not making the revenue that they used to and they need to hire new people back, which is a problem that we've talked about, you know, time and time again. The fact that there are a lot of states where you're getting this unemployment and then you're getting extra unemployment on top of it, it doesn't pay 
for people to go back to work. Now, eventually, that money is going to run out and you're going to have to find a job. But will you be able to find a job in your field because maybe more restaurants will be closing? See, that's the question there. So uh, this is uh, this is huge. Uh, and hopefully you will, uh, if you are a small business uh, that falls under one of these guidelines, I love the fact that food carts and trucks are a part of this as well, and you can apply uh, for this money and uh, that you can get it. I think that's a, a great deal. Now, we head to Baltimore here as our good friends over at Heavy Seas uh, announcing the next release from its 15-barrel brew house. It's called Spectrology Sour. It's a tropical sour ale brewed with pineapple, passion fruit, and mango purees. Uh, tart, freakishly tropical, as they describe it. It's uh, uh, it's available in four packs of 16-ounce cans. It's going to be a curbside can release on April 30th. Uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in early May, Heavy Seas is reopening their tap rooms. I thought I saw a blurb somewhere that said that. And if I'm wrong, uh, please let me know. But I believe Heavy Seas is getting ready to open up their um, their uh, their tap room again, which is uh, very cool. Modern Times has has announced the first ever, uh, I guess, nationwide distribution of 12-ounce canned six-packs of some of their beer. So they are calling this Dungeon Map. It is the, the, their first ever wholesale release in 12-ounce six-pack, which is a big deal for them. Modern Times Vice President of Sales Phil McNitt says, uh, we're, we've consistently been a regional powerhouse in the 16-ounce can format. We're excited to finally play in the larger and more competitive 12-ounce space. Um, they're doing a whole bunch of uh, interactive things with Dungeon Map. Uh, just head over to Instagram, at uh, Modern Times Beer, uh, this month. Uh, you will be able to use uh, their account, or I guess in social, you know, wherever they're in, uh, involved in social media. And uh, they're going to have a couple of different things. I don't know if there's, you know, prizes or stuff involved in this, but very cool. Mid-April, Dungeon Map cans uh, should be on the shelf. So right about now, those cans should be available uh, for purchase. So that is pretty cool. Now, when we come back after a short break, Christo Brock, he's the producer director of a new documentary called Brunemance, and he will join me on the program. It's a fun documentary. It is available anywhere you can get video on demand. You definitely want to check it out. And uh, Christo is a great sto- tells a great story about two craft brewers in Long Beach, California, that were trying to open their brewery, uh, breweries, excuse me, uh, during the pandemic. This is the Agatulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Of course, 
We're on iTunes. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows there. We're Alexa Ready as well. We're also on Odyssey, which used to be radio.com. Uh, iHeart. And finally, we're on the Hopped Up Network. All you do is head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com. You can check out the podcast version of this show, usually Monday mornings before 6 a.m. And there are a lot of others that you can download there and listen to at your leisure. Now, the name of that song was Beer by Real Big Fish. There's a reason behind why I played that, not just because of the fact that it's beer, but we'll get to that in a second. My next guest is the producer and director of a new documentary called Brewmance. It's out now anywhere you can get video on demand, whether it's iTunes, your cable system. Uh, just head over for more info on the movie itself and where you can find it. Just head to brewmancemovie.com. Now, let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, uh, producer-director Christo Brock. Christo, how are you? I'm great, Al. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, like you, Christo, I am a huge fan of craft beer and the journey behind why someone decides to embark on making beer, not only for themselves, but obviously to start a business bringing this delicious product to the masses. What made you decide to make this film? Well, you know, it's funny. When I started making this film, I wasn't a big beer drinker. Oh. Uh, but I had I, I was a I was more of a wine guy. Okay. You know? And... Um, but I had this buddy who was a home brewer, and he told me about some of his homebrew club meetings and how everybody brought their beers, they shared them, mm -hmm. and then people would give them feedback and tell them what they did wrong or right, and people would give up suggestions. And then he told me of this <clears throat> one of these homebrewers in his club who was going to open up his own craft brewery. Okay. So Tom took me to this place. It's called Smog City in Torrance, run by this guy named Jonathan Porter. Mm -hmm. I tasted the beers there, and I was just blown away because the beers were all different, incredibly diverse, but each one had this amazing flavor to it, mm -hmm. and uh, I was hooked. <laughs> so, then, so then it was just a matter of, of, of confirming like this thesis that craft beer came from homebrewers. And the more research I did, the more I realized, oh, that was exactly what happened. Right, right. So I made a film. That's very cool. Now, you follow two brewers in Long Beach, California, who are opening or open their places. But I guess they were trying to open their places during the pandemic, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But both stories, very, very different. Talk to me a little bit about 10 Mile Brewing and their unique story. It has a bit of a Christian background to it, right? Yeah, so th those the guys from Ten Mile—they're very, uh, very family centric. They're they're people of pretty strong faith, mm -hmm. and um, they just they they have um, a place up in the Sierras off of Hume Lake, okay. and that influenced a lot of their style and their thinking. Um, and Dan, the father—it it was interesting story. He used to be a photographer. Okay. And he did that for 20 years. He photographed a lot of, like, food photography. Mm -hmm. So he got to know these, like, very, very well-known L.A. chefs of the time. Okay. And through that, um, it sort of kindled this love of flavor and cooking. And, you know, 20 years later, it led him to homebrewing. And then it, 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 the story is really interesting because... You like a lot of families, there's like a troubled teenager that somehow messes up the family dynamic. And mm -hmm. his son, Jesse, with whom he owns the brewery and, and, and works the brewery with, 
they had a troubled relationship and it was through making beer that, that they became like healed. And now, yeah, it's just, and I, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe it could have been something else, but right. maybe there's something about beer that, that does that, that brings us together. Well, I, you know, I, I always make this argument that, you know, the uh, craft beer and breweries that are located in towns, uh, small towns or, or, you know, larger towns, I'm not talking about necessarily big cities, but in smaller towns, it's kind of the community meeting place where people get together and they kind of, you know, discuss things, what's going on in the town, and it's all being done over a, sh- over a love uh, of beer. And it's not like you necessarily have to go there, you know, and, and pop back six or seven of them, but it's kind of that community where everybody kind of gets together and talks about the politics of the town and what's going on. And it doesn't matter where your political spectrum lies, but it's that, that meeting place. It's kind of that town hall, but yet in a little bit more of, I don't want to say a refined fashion, but you know, maybe it's, maybe it is a little more upscale. We're talking with Christo Brock. He's the producer and director of a new documentary called Brewmance. It's out now anywhere you can get video on demand. For more info on the movie, you just head over to Brewmance movie.com or here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Now I want to shift to Liberation Brewing, which is the project of ska band member um, Real Big Fish, trombonist Dan Reagan, hence the reason why I played uh, the song at the yeah. beginning here. Now, how did he get involved in brewing beer, beer after being a touring musician? Well, you know, Danny uh, Danny's just this awesome guy. And I will say that in early cut of the film, we um, we didn't have Danny's like morning. We had, there's a scene in the film where he gets up in the morning and he takes care of his kids and he's actually in his underwear ironing his, his shirt. Um, and when we didn't have that scene in the film, people saw the movie and they thought like, Oh, Dan Regan, retired rock star. He just put his rock star riches to work in the brewery, ah. which is, could not be farther from the case mm-hmm. because so Danny was a working musician, 16 years, toured all around the world and country. And he, he was in, in Real Big Fish as the craft beer scene was coming up. Okay. So he would go from, you know, town to town, and he would be able to see the, the, this new brewery here, a new brewery there. And he got really into, like, wanting to go and taste that beer and taste that beer. Uh-huh. And so he came off the road thinking like, wow, this is great. I want to open up my own brewery. And, um, and then he, he got together with a friend, Eric, um, who is, who is not touring, who's not a rock star, but was <laughs> spending all of his weekends brewing. Right. And together, together they, and with another friend, Michael, they, they started this brewery, but See, you know, it's funny. Go ahead. Brewery, opening brewery is not glamorous. No. It is like, it's hard work. Yes, you know? it is. Yes, it is. And you find yeah. out how much hard work it is when you find people. Um, like one of the sponsors of my show is a place called Source Brewing down in Colts Neck, New Jersey. Uh, these people, uh, husband and wife and another partner came in, the three of them. Basically, they mortgaged their home. They've taken out all their 401k. Uh-huh. They put all of their money into this into this thing to hoping that it succeeds. And it's a, listen, it's a big leap. And some of these guys, they opened before the pandemic and things were going great. And then all of a sudden they got shut down. Others have been in for a number of years and all of them are experiencing uh, similar problems. But one of the things that I wanted to go back to with Dan, I wonder, because their band Real Big Fish, and I don't know if he was in the band at the time this happened, they played at the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival a number of years ago and I saw them on stage. I wonder if he was in the band at that point and, you know, in between... 
uh, you know, a break or whatever of playing that he sampled, you know, the hundreds of beer that were there. And I wonder if, you know, <laughs> part of that was the reason why uh, he wanted to dive in. That's it's a it's a cool story. It really is. <laughs> Knowing Danny, if he was at the festival, he certainly sampled the beers. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, <laughs> additionally, in this movie, Christo, you talk to a bunch of uh, the legends of craft beer, one of them being Ken Grossman. Uh, from Sierra Nevada. I mean, this guy is the Mount Rushmore of craft beer. What insights did you glean from Ken? Uh, well, yeah, Ken, I mean, so this was true of all those early um, home brewers turned craft brewers. Mm. Like, these were guys with a dream who just were going to do anything to make it happen, right. which is not unlike your the husband and wife um, um, team that you, that you just mentioned. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like, I mean, starting any business is really hard. You've just got to got to have a good plan. You've right. got to work hard at it, and you just have to make it happen, regardless. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes things fail. Who knows why? But with um, Ken and some of those other early brewers, they were just figuring things out as they went. There was no roadmap, right? Right. And 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 back then too. Don't forget, people didn't really know what craft beer was. Yep. In fact, exactly. the term craft beer hadn't even really been invented. Back then, it was microbrews, right? Right. That's correct. And, that, that's correct. You know? Yeah. And, but you know, it's funny. The whole idea, like... Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I want to let you finish. Oh, I was going to say the whole... I was going to say the whole thing about, um, like, a bitter beer. That was, like, a new concept. What? A beer is bitter? No, it should be light and fruity lager, you know, that's quenchable. <laughs> right. You know, but the idea of like, ooh, a stout, who wants to drink that? But it took those guys making those sort of out, out of, you know, out of the world beers at the time to change the way people perceive beer. And now, now beer is, you know, lots of things. Yep, absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny, we're talking with Christo Brock. He's the producer and director of a new movie called Brewmance. It's out now anywhere you can get video on demand. For more info on the movie, just head to brewmancemovie.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. One of the guys you speak to in the movie is Jim Cook from Sam Adams. I've interviewed Jim a number of times before, and (laughs) I always glean something new from Jim. I I always think, this guy's been doing this for so long. You know, maybe he's set in his ways in certain things, and he always teaches me something new when I talk to him. But he had a great story in his book on business and, you know, in business and relating to craft beer, about how when he was first starting out in the in the mid-'80s and he went to this bar in New York to try and get his beer sold and put on tap at this guy's place, and he goes down into this dimly lit place. Guy's got a gun. He thought he was getting, you know, he thought Jim Cook was trying to rob him. Now, you look at Jim Cook. He <laughs> does not look like a guy who would be robbing somebody, and it was that kind of like, you know, he had to convince people, you know, place to place like no you'd really need to sell my beer and here's why people don't want you know the Budweiser's and Coors Light was just coming to the east coast and you should try this as a flavorful beer and you know he had that tough time as well so I wonder when you talked with Jim if you got anything from him uh that was a little quirky or different oh Jim is awesome I mean this guy I mean you know he's he's an out-of-the-box thinker Mm -hmm. just like a lot of those early beer guys and a lot of the the current beer guys are too and and women Right, um, but he um, he tells the story in the film of how he would go from bar to bar trying to sell his beer. Right. Very few people were interested, and he said he would get maybe one in twenty sales. 
And he rationalized it that every time he went to a new bar, it was one twentieth of the way to a sale. But think about that. You're going yeah. to 20 bars to sell a case of beer. Right. That is a whole lot of selling. Yep. That's, I wouldn't do that. No, I don't think. I don't After think four or five, I'd be like, "That's enough." I, I, yeah, I think, Crystal. I think you're 100 percent right. I think his determination that he wanted to change people's perception of what beer could be uh, is a credit to him and how he has been so successful. And the great thing that I love about Jim is that he still gives back to craft brewers. He still does things to help out the small guy, which there are some in the business that don't. You know, they've made their success and. You know, they're where they're at and, you know, their path worked for them. And maybe they don't necessarily, I don't know if it's a question of whether they necessarily want to help somebody else out or whatever, but Jim has consistently given back to the craft beer community. And I think that's, that is an awesome thing. Last question from me, Christo. So now that you've yeah. discovered beer and you're uh, discovered craft beer and its different nuances and tastes, what style of beer do you, do you gravitate to? Is it an IPA? Is it a Pilsner? Is it a sour? What, what's the, the, the beer that kind of sets you off that, oh, i got to have a couple of these? Well, the ones that I want to have a couple of, I can't really. Oh, <laughs> okay. They knock, they knock me in my rear. Oh, there you go. No, All I, right. I, I mean, I love, I love a good IPA because, right. you know, the, the uh, and maybe for historical reasons because the Americans really kind of like invented the new age hops, mm-hmm. these crazy flavors to them. Right. Um, but I love like a good bottle conditioned cherry, I don't know, cherry something or other, cherry or, wheat. you know, a cherry wheat or, yeah. um, a Creek, a Creek. Oh, you know, okay. A, a, a lambic maybe. Yep. Um, yep. I, I like, but I got to tell you, you know, in my increasingly advanced age, mm-hmm. I'll take a good blonde that is well-made or a good lager. Oh, yeah. Any day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When they're done right, you know, uh, you know I was remarking that when on the show recently. Right. Yeah. And when, when a when a Kolsch or a Pilsner or, a, you know, something yeah. along those lines, it takes a little bit longer to make. It's not an IPA you can bang out in three or four weeks or whatever. But when you take the labor of love to putting together something like that and it comes out perfect, and it really has to be perfect because you can tell when it's not, um, and you, you sip on one of those, that's just it's a reward in and of itself. My my guess is Well been, it's harder to make, right? Right, like exactly. A, a that's the or a lager. Yep. It's like your vanilla ice cream at the at the ice cream shop. If that's good, you know all the beers are good because exactly. you know that the person making it knows what they're doing. Bingo. You nailed it right on the head. My guest has been Christo Brock. He's the producer-director of a new movie called Brewmance. It's out now anywhere you can get video on demand. For more info on the movie, you just head to brewmancemovie.com. Uh, Christo, thanks so much for joining me tonight, and, and good luck with the movie. It really is a well-done homage uh, to craft brewing. I really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks. And, I, and I just one word of warning. Don't see this film without a beer in your hand. There you go. Perfectly said. Thanks so much, Christo. Appreciate it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Agatulo Craft Beer cast on 
AM 970, The Answer. You know, every time I hear this album, uh, the second album that Van Halen did with Sammy Hagar, Van Halen's OU812, came out in, uh, I think, what was it, March? March or May of 1980. I think it was May of 1988, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but, you know, this is, a, it's a very keyboard-esque album, right? So here, listen to Sammy here. Yes. All right, I'm not going to play the whole thing here because it is a, it is a long song, but let me tell you something. Uh, Feels So Good, that's the track from OU812, uh, Van Halen's second album with Sammy Hagar uh, back in 1988. You're on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast right here on AM970. The answer, of course, portions of the program brought to you by Source Brewing. Get your beer directly from the source, Route 34 in Colts Neck, uh, New Jersey. So, uh, listen, let me tell you something. Um, the great thing that I loved about this album, yeah, it, very keyboard-esque, um, but I think of all the albums that Sammy Hagar did with Van Halen, this is the one where I think Sammy shines from a vocal standpoint. I think his vocals are so on point in this, and there's a lot of different things going on uh, in this album. The Cabo Wabo song where they first went to Cabo, uh, and kind of Sammy made, you know, his um, uh, planted his flag down in Cabo, they opened up the club, and then he eventually bought out the Van Halen brothers out of it uh, and became such success. It's where, you know, he discovered the whole thing with the tequila stuff and, you know, really uh, took off making his own tequila, uh, Cabo Wabo tequila, and then, of course, selling it for a gazillion dollars. Um, but it just, it always puts me in a mood of summer because it was the senior year of high school for me in 1988. And um, it just makes me reflect on those, you know, those times and, you know, for me, my senior year of high school was kind of tumultuous. It started out great. It kind of ended on a on a sour note uh, to some extent. And then the summer was just unbelievable. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm out of high school. You know, this is going to stink. And it turns out my summer was awesome and just propelled me from there. So, you know, it's one of those things. That's what albums and music, and I, I talked about this at the beginning of the show, but that's the great thing about music, about all these different things, that... Music can just bring you back to a memory from 30 years ago, from yesterday, whatever it is. That's what I love about it. And I love mixing the music within this show. Um, you know, it's just the spotlight on some of the things um, that I want to talk about. Hey, look, we talk about beer and we talk about small business, but music is a big part of it as well. Because, listen, it's a lot of times when, you, when you're drinking with friends, you're listening to music. Now, let's dive into Suds and Duds uh, before we get out of here. A couple of beers from Icarus in the can that I had over at Paragon Tap and Table. Drinking for breakfast, one of them. Blood orange marshmallow, fantastic combo on that drinking for breakfast, that Berlin Iron Vice from those guys. Uh, excellent. Love that beer, Jason. Great job. And then the double dry hop drinking crayons that using the Nectaron hop. Love that nectarine taste. It is a banging beer. That's one. If I had a four-pack of that, I, I would be set. Um, I- I'd be set for a little while. Now, before I dive into the other beers that I had, or actually, let me dive into the other beers that I had, and then I'm going to come back around uh, to where we were at uh, uh, last the weekend before. The folks from Alesmith sent me uh, a couple of cans of San Diego uh, Pale Ale, their 394, which, of course, is uh, modeled after uh, Tony Gwynn. Uh, just a, a classic, just like the ball player, hoppy goodness, really good. They sent me their hazy pale ale. Haven't had a chance to pop that 16-ounce can yet, but I will. Uh, All-day vacay from Founders. Uh, this is a really, really good under 5% beer. It's got great flavor. It's very easy to drink. 
Of all the under 5% beers that I've had so far, this one is my favorite. And guaranteed, this is one of those, I'd buy a 12-pack, 18-pack of this in the summertime. You can kick back with a few friends and not feel overwhelmed, which is great. Uh, Trogue sent me a few beers, had their Field Study IPA, very dry, drinks light, delicious. Another great one, comes in a 12-ounce can, love that. Um, from Source Brewing, had one of the uh, releases from uh, the Friday before last, Attack Vectors. This is a banging beer from them. Super easy to slam down, love it, soft tropical flavors, but love the fact that this particular beer is about 6.5%. It is really great. Not to say that Source's Double Dry Hops you know, in double IPAs in the in the you know seven and eight categories and nine percent aren't good, but this one is really good. It just it just has a super easy drinking uh, type of beer, uh, type of flavor to it. That's what I like about it. And then I'm really excited. My buddy Tim Pewitt from Wet Ticket, they finally have canned their Hefeweizen, and this is their American version of Hefeweizen uh, that he made that he put in cans. It is fantastic. It is a delicious beer. Twelve dollars a four pack. Uh, Wet Ticket is located right in Rowway, New Jersey. You absolutely have to check them out. Pick yourself up a four-pack of this to take home. You will not be disappointed. His Kolsch is outstanding, and that's one he's been uh, canning for a while. But now that they have the Heffen cans, I will be back all the time to get this beer. It is so, so good. And just, you know, something great to have in the refrigerator that if somebody comes over, and maybe they're not an IPA person, or maybe you don't want to overwhelm them with a 9%, 10% beer, this is perfect at 5%. It is uh, delicious. Um, it was over in Easton, Pennsylvania over the weekend, last weekend. We stopped at the Separatist uh, Beer Project, uh, and I had a, uh, a glass of the Cellar Fuzz Blueberry Yuzu. Uh, this is a, a decent sour, tart, uh, really nice. Picked up a bottle of something, a dark sour, uh, that I'm going to crack into in a couple of weeks, uh, but, and we'll give you a review on that uh, when uh, the opportunity presents itself. But really nice, right over the, right over the bridge uh, in Easton, nice little corner joint, uh, good vibe, crowded. We were there, there were two people there. Within 10 minutes, uh, started to uh, crowd up a little bit, probably uh, I'd say at least 15 people in there, and a nice little place. Really enjoyed uh, the trip there. But the other trip that I wanted to uh, get into and let you know about... So Ironbound Hard Cider has a farm out in Asbury, New Jersey. And I bought a group on a year ago uh, that my friends and I were going to go to because um, my, one of our friends uh, has a gluten, pro- has a gluten uh, intolerance. So, you know, cider she can drink. Now, they have the farm there. It's beautifully set up. They have food. So I figured, come on, we'll go. It's a couple hours. You know, we'll hang out, you know, whatever. Okay. So now COVID hits. We can't go because... Um, the, the cidery is closed. The farm is closed. They finally open up. Groupon says, you have a year to use the Groupon, so uh, you know you can use it up until the end of April. So we went out. We took the ride out to Asbury. And let me tell you something. Not Asbury Park, Asbury, New Jersey. So west. You're going out on 78 off of exit 11. It's about, I don't know, about 10 minutes off of exit 11, right? We get there. Now, Dan, who used to be the GM over at the Sterling Hotel, is now running things over at Ironbound. So it was great to catch up with him and uh, talk a little bit about the farm. But it is beautiful. They have these fire pits, real wood you can sit around. They have an open kitchen where you can sit in there and watching them cook the food. They have some open outdoor space areas. And then, of course, inside the cidery you can sit down as well. We sat inside. It was a little chilly. Um, And not that we weren't dressed for it. It's just easier to sit in because it was kind of drizzly. Didn't want to get wet. Let me tell you something. The cider is fantastic. I had a Highlands Farmhouse, which is a delicious, easy-sipping cider, and it, it hoppy. So if you're looking for something that's beer-esque, because they don't serve beer there, uh, this is definitely the one to get. Uh, it was fantastic. And then I had the Gooseberry Ginger. Nice hit on the ginger. 
Uh, the berries come through tart on the palate, and the ginger kind of subsides as you're drinking it. Like you really get that nose of the ginger, but then it kind of it kind of settles down when you're drinking. Now, if you're really not into ginger, probably not the beer, uh, the cider for you. Um, we we couldn't do flights because they weren't doing flights right then, uh, so you have to do full pours. But it was fantastic. And then we had they had this special. They have hot dogs there with gluten free buns. They have chili. Um, but then one of the other things they had there was a lamb sausage sandwich with these pickled onions and a kind of uh, aioli on top. It was outstanding. I am telling you, this is a great place to go Saturday or Sunday. They're only open on the weekends right now. Uh, you can go, and they have different specials every weekend. But the best part is it's a full-functioning farm. So they had eggs. We bought uh, chicken eggs. They have uh, chopped meat there. They have pork. They have bacon. They have all these different things that you can buy fresh from the farm, vegetables. Of course, you can buy the cider there and seltzer as well. But this is really great, and it's you're supporting someplace that's local. Uh, it's it's giving you know the the people there are all friendly. It was just a fun a, a fun afternoon to sit for a couple of hours, kind of uh, you know converse with people and 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 really get the lay of the land. And I have to tell you, um, Dan had worked for the Sterling Hotel for a long time, and when he went over to this place, I was very happy for him that he was he was leaving and heading to the uh, to the Ironbound Farm. Had no idea what to expect there, and I was really really surprised and just had a great time and uh dan is a good guy uh you know the, the place is great i'm telling you make it but do yourself a favor make a reservation before you go don't just drive up there and think you're going to get there it's asbury new jersey just like asbury park except it's asbury new jersey and uh you definitely it's uh, exit 11 off of 78 you have to make a couple turns and then it's a literally a straight run till you get to the turn off and then it's a right and then a quick left into the farm it's fantastic you will have a great time uh, definitely something you could take the kids if you want. It's a nice afternoon, uh, especially in the springtime uh, and in the fall. I think we're going to go back in the fall uh, and check it out during the fall. It was a lot of fun. My thanks to everyone involved in the show. And by the way, Dan, thank you for your hospitality. You were awesome. Uh, and, and to the entire staff there at Ironbound Farm. It was great. Uh, my thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Christo Brock. He's the producer-director of that new documentary called Brewmance. It's out now anywhere you can get video on demand. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back live on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday morning at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. <laughs>